Hi, welcome back to Shop Talk with the Sheriff. I'm Sheriff Gregory Tony here in Broward County. Thank you all for once again joining us on our podcast. Uh, today we bring in another special guest to participate and have a conversation. You know, here we are. It is Black History Month. It's an opportunity for us all, all Americans, black, white, don't matter the color of your skin, if you live here in the old red, white, and blue, to recognize the contributions uh, that African Americans have contributed to this country. And one of the folks I want to bring in today, I want to stay in-house. You know, some of you guys heard me, you know, bring in visitors or community activists or partners that we have. But you also notice I also talk to folks who work in the organization. And today <clears throat> we have Major Kevin Granville with us. Uh, Major Granville have worked here for now 30 years, 30 plus years, been involved in BSO. One of the early uh, members that I had a chance to meet and work with and give different assignments and we've done a lot of community work together. So this is going to be fun. Um, this is going to be laid, laid back. You won't hear me call him major. I'm going to be like, Kev, hey, Kev, 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 Kev. That's all you're going to hear from me today. But I got to give you his background. Uh, the man has been a part of the Broward Sheriff's Office and law enforcement in this community 30-plus years. <clears throat> has a great story of accomplishment. Uh, is currently our major over the, in the Department of Law Enforcement re leading up the South region. He is a graduate of Bethune-Cookman. Graduating with a bachelor's degree in criminal justice, has attended some of the top national schools in terms of leadership from the University of Louisville's prestigious uh, Southern Police Institute. Uh, did that back uh, early on in his career. He's part of the 116th class. But he is also a member of so many different community and civic groups and part of one of our nation's oldest black fraternities, uh, the Omega Phi Psi fraternity. Um, he, he, he's throwing up the hand signs and everything else, guys. Don't worry about it, uh, if you're wondering. His boys are going to be giving him a hard time if he didn't. I know you can't see him, but he did, just so, just so we can get it on record. And he is currently uh, the, on the executive board as the national, the national sergeant at arms for the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. You've heard it more commonly referred to as Noble. Kev. Yes, sir. Welcome to the shop. Thank you, sir. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. This is going to be fun. Um, I'm super excited to have you on here to talk a little bit about Noble, you know, and before we do that, I always open it up and say, hey, tell, tell me your story, man. Right. I read your bio, but tell me your story. What inspired you? What got you here? You know, why Bethune Cookman? Talk to the people. Tell them about yourself. Well, I am the, the youngest of three, um, a proud, proud product of the Liberty City section of Miami, Florida. I attended Miami Northwestern Senior High School, graduated in 1987. Uh, there I was very active, uh, played baseball, I wrestled, but I was also on the football team. And it was that that led me to Bethune-Cookman College when I was a sophomore in college. Uh, the head coach at Bethune at the time was Larry Little. And he came, you know, obviously recruiting players and the athletic trainer at my uh, high school at the time also played at Bethune and knew Coach Little and said to him, uh, hey, do you need a, a student trainer? I've got the best one in Dade County right here. And so Coach Little looked at me and he was like, you know, okay, well in about two years, I probably would need a student trainer. And true to his word, my senior year came around and he came back to the school and offered me a four-year football scholarship to attend Bethune-Cookman. And that's where I went to, uh, I, I majored in criminal justice, and the rest is history. I did my internship from there with the Broad Sheriff's Office. You know, growing up in Liberty City, um, understanding that that's a tough city to live in, and that's coming from a Philly boy who grew up in a tough city. 
How important was that scholarship, man, to get you off the street and get you where you are now? It was very important. Um, you know, my family couldn't afford to send me to college and it completely changed uh, the trajectory of my life. Um, so, you know, I owe a lot to Coach Little and I owe a lot, you know, to Bethune-Cookman College. Completely Listen, changed, I, changed my trajectory. Uh, you know, I, I never played for him, never worked with him or anything, but I know, you know, Coach Little was about changing young black folks' life. Um, and making sure they got an opportunity. I'm, I'm sure he's extremely proud of what you've uh, accomplished in your career and where you are now, just as much as I am. So uh, what, what a great story. I love hearing these type of these stories. Uh, it reminds me of my own, but it's nice to see I ain't alone and that there's a lot of people that are, are making these, these um, tremendous leaps from segments of society that are difficult to grow up into to where you are now. So what are the things we talked about is your position within Noble? First, Tell us about Noble. Let's assume most people don't know what Noble does, what it stands for, uh, and what your role is within Noble now. So Noble stands for the National Organization of Black Law Enforcement Executives. It was founded in 1976, in September of 1976, in the Washington, D.C., Virginia area, uh, after a three-day symposium that uh, involved uh, 60 60 high-ranking Black executives in law enforcement, whether they were chiefs or assistant chiefs in, in some capacity. And so after that three-day symposium, you know, the organization was found, but they came together representing uh, 24 states over 55 cities, 55 major cities. And they came together to address, you know, the crime and violence that was taking place in the Black community. And so that was one of the things they wanted to address. They were also looking at the, um, you know, the, the fairness and the administration of justice as it came to, you know, how black citizens were dealt with by the police and then also community relations, you know, the hiring and the promoting of black uh, police officers, you know, across this nation. So after that three day symposium, the uh, organization was, uh, was formed and, and we've been working in the community ever since. And then when you start talking about, you gave a highlight about some of the importance, the history, the construct behind what Noble's focusing on. What's your role now? And, and congratulations. I remember seeing the email come through and you and I talking about your new position taking on a national role, a national role uh, at Sergeant at Arms. What's the expectation that Noble has for you? So now, if, if I can go back for one second, sir. So sure. um, once upon a time, you had to have the rank of lieutenant or above to actually even join the organization. But that has since changed. And once they opened the doors um, for members to join, I immediately jumped in. Now, I was a lieutenant when I became a member, but once I was eligible, I, I immediately jumped in. And so I've served just about on every level of leadership, uh, locally, regionally, and now nationally. I started out as the sector president for Broward County. Um, then I moved up to the executive vice president for the chapter chapter president. I was the regional vice president uh, for, for two, two years. And that covered just about all of the Southeast United States, uh, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Tennessee, the Carolinas, and including Jamaica. So I had that region uh, under my responsibility. And then I ran for the position of national sergeant at arms. And so I've served in that capacity now three years in a row. And so the next step for me would be to possibly run and, and hopefully win and transition into the role of the second national vice president, which once that happens, 
then I would automatically ascend to national president within two years. Man, that's outstanding. So you've been you've been engaged, you've been actively involved locally, nationally, seeing the bigger picture about having more of that, uh, you know, inclusion from the black community when it comes to law enforcement and decision making and the potential to continue to move up. You know this very well. One of the core things I wanted to see happen in our administration was to make sure that we were reflective of this community. And yes. we, we probably are one of the more diverse organizations when it comes to executive command staff uh, anywhere in the country. And we can't be complacent with that. There's more to do. But there's also an obligation to share what we've learned here to take it to our counterparts across the country. And that's part of what I see you doing uh, in your role. And that's what we're going to keep supporting you. I'm most certainly going to keep supporting you in your uh, noble mission. Now, one, th one thing I can't ignore is the fact that <clears throat> when I came in, I really wanted to push back to community programming and making sure we were mitigating future tenses and stressors with the people we serve. And part of that was to put you in charge of leading up the agency's first youth mentorship program that we designed internally from scratch. Can you right. tell us about that, uh, what you just uh, end up constructing with your team behind the LEAD program and what LEAD means? Uh, LEAD is an acronym that stands for Learning, Educating, and Development. And like you said, that's, that's something that, that you and I talked about and, and you were definitely supportive of it, um, gave us great input. Uh, I remember the first meeting we had, we sat down and we penciled out the, uh, the start of the, what, what eventually became the seven pillars of success. And so um, initially, the relationship was with the uh, Divine Nine Historical um, uh, Black College Greek letter organizations. And so what we found is that BSO has several members uh, of, that of those organizations here in-house. And so all those volunteers and everyone came together to put on a fantastic uh, camp, something that, that I've never seen in my 30 years in law enforcement. Uh, it was an eight week program and each week we cover one of the pillars of success. And this year, uh, along with uh, staff and, and Dr. Sierra Bostic and, and others, other volunteers did a phenomenal job. And we, we had 50 kids that we were able to impact their lives and, and just go over and instill in them the seven pillars of success, whether it was a lesson that was being taught here in house or several trips that we've taken uh, throughout the county, uh, visiting different sites, uh, visiting the court, the courthouse, and having them uh, be able to speak to uh, one of our Broad County uh, judges. And so, the real I think the real testament to that lead camp is the follow-up emails that we get even to this day, where parents are telling us that my child is different because of their interaction with you, because of their attendance to this campaign and, and our volunteers have remained hands-on with a lot of our students. I mean, attending some of their personal events. Uh, we just had a young lady that just interviewed um, the public defender, uh, Gordon Weeks. So uh, one of the young ladies from the camp did that. Um, so we've had several kids uh, from the camp that are really shining stars that, you know, we remain in touch with them. You know, one of the goals I had in mind, and you're, you're, you're preaching to it right now, is yes, we start an eight-week camp, we invest in these kids, but the investment can't end at the end of the, the camp. And so that's what we're seeing, that we've fostered these authentic relationships organically, 
Uh, and now we have a chance to continue to touch these kids in a positive way throughout their journey uh, to success in life and being good people. Um, so that's speaking tremendously. And, and we have another camp coming up. I know uh, you got some vision to expand the numbers this year. And again, green light, you got it, right? So we're going to make sure we keep getting these things done. You know, you spent 30 years in this, in this industry. You already talked about how uh, the the lead program you haven't seen the likes of it in your 30 year career um 30 years is a long time i think at some point the rod's going to come to a conclusion and you're going to retire <laughs> um i'm just i'm just guessing right what would you say in, in that 30 year timeline is important for us to do a couple things one continue the tradition that noble has established um for the executive leaders like myself. I'm walking, talking, living history. First black sheriff in 100, I think five years at the time of this agency's history. What's your expectation for Noble? What's your expectation for leaders like me? Second, what's your expectation for community policing? Because you've been seeing it, you're running one of our largest areas, having a, a South Region under your command. Those are two pivotal things. The first is kind of selfish for me. So what's your thoughts, what's your thoughts on that? You know, organizations like Noble came about because there was a need that wasn't being met in the community. And so one of the things that we've tried to do is just also hold our counterparts and other organizations like Noble accountable for the industry standards and for the benefit of the industry. So I would say that, you know, whether we are, we were very um, instrumental in creating the 21st century policing um, document that came out uh, a few years ago. Yep. Um, so it's that type of reform that Noble has constantly pushed for to just make the industry better, you know, and better serve the industry because that's truly what we are, it's public service. So I would say my expectation for Noble is to continue to do that. And for someone like yourself serving as the, the role of sheriff is to continue to, to do what, what you've actually already done. I mean, you came in the door holding us accountable. So I would, I would say to you as someone who's about to uh, lead the agency and, and, and lead, possibly um, lead the industry is that I would want you to continue to hold the deputies and the, the men and women that work for you accountable. And I think when we have leaders that are bold enough to do that, then it sends a message to the rest of the organization that things that have occurred uh, will no longer be tolerated. Well, look, that's tremendous, and, um, you know, I'm always appreciative of our veterans and the support uh, to have folks say that and to know we're on the right path. Um, there, there's days where you make tough decisions, but you make the decisions on behalf of the community and the profession. Uh, it comes with kickback, but like any good fight, you, you roll with the punches and throw your own rights, hooks and jabs, uh, and stay in the game. But that's what leadership is. Amen. Amen. And, and it's, been, it's been a fun time. So, you know, here we are in Black History Month. We talked about Noble. We talked about the accomplishments uh, of the organization. We talked about your rise uh, to success in the position where you're at now. What's your thoughts and how important is Black History Month for you and for this country? Me personally, I celebrated 365, um, but I get I get why we have Black History Month. I think it's important 
for a country like America that is so diverse, where so many different races, nationalities, genders, and everyone has contributed uh, to the success of the country. And so when we start to recognize uh, individual groups, there's nothing wrong with that. It's just saying that, hey, here's a group that contributed to the success of this country. And there's some things that that we, we need to know and, and need to be told and celebrate. Um, there are a lot of things, a lot of contributions that African-Americans have, have made to the success of this country that for so long have gone um, um, unknown or, or not even spoken about. Um, I'm an avid golfer. A lot of people don't know that it was a, uh, um, an African-American um, doctor that actually created what is now known as the Martin T. Before he created that, the way you teed off in golf was you took um, a small cup, you scoop some sand, and you turn it upside down, and you place your ball on top of the sand. Well, he figured that it had to be a better way, and so he invented what is now the modern-day tee. But unless you read and, and you have uh, Black History Month and, and events like this, this is stuff that would go unknown. So it's, it's very important that we recognize Black History Month and the contributions of all. Well, I like the, the most certainly appreciate the last thing that came out your mouth was a contribution of all, because that is the one thing um, I've always been very conscious about when we talk about Black History Month is that it's not a month of exclusion. It's a month of inclusion right. and that the pride that so many black folks speak of about our contribution in this country is the pride of this country. And that's not limited to just the color of my skin or your skin, but everyone can look back and say, an American done this here in this country. American has contributed this to this world um, so often. And when it's not an American, it's other parts of the world. Uh, so we're all on this planet together, and it's important to recognize those, those contributions. Uh, I always kind of roll back because I know there's somebody who popped in and was uh, late. Maybe they were stuck in traffic and they just got on the podcast. Maybe they were putting the baby to sleep and they just got on the podcast. But today you're listening to our special guest, Major Kevin Granville of the Broward Sheriff's Office, a 30-year veteran who is leading up in, in so many different capacities. And he had the honor of coming on, or we had the honor of him coming on and listening to him talk about Noble and the organization and all the different contributions that's been occurring. So, Kev, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming on Shop Talk today. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. And I'll have you again. Uh, to all of you joining us today, thank you for joining me on Shop Talk with the Sheriff. Remember to follow me on Instagram at BSO Sheriff Tony. It's not a stunt double. It's me. Also, subscribe to the podcast so you get early alerts for every new episode. In the meantime, stay safe, be humble, and try to love somebody a little bit more than you love yourself. Take care.